I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. All right, welcome to Bet the Edge. I'm Jay Croucher here with Drew Dinsick standing up with a field and blue sky behind him. We're going to talk today about Cardinals Browns. I'm going to get into the good games Cowboys, Eagles, <laughs> and Sunday Night Football Bills, Bengals. And we'll close out with our best bets. Uh, let's start with Cardinals Browns, Drew. Deshaun Watson uh, is limited to practice. Uh, seems like he has a chance to play, but no certainty. Looks like it's probably going to be Clayton Toon at quarterback for the Cardinals. The Browns are eight and a half point favorites, total 37 and a half, uh, as has become custom in Cleveland Browns games. Do you have any plays on this one? I didn't play it, but uh, I'm interested to see where this market goes because. This is somehow, some way, still quarterback uncertainty. I mean, uh, the fact that the Cardinals continue to be extremely positive and effusive with praise about how good Kyler Murray has looked, but that they still want to go with Clayton Toon in this game is really confusing to me. Um, there are people that will make excuses like, "Well, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to put." Kyler Murray up against the Browns defense his first game back. I mean, all right, I guess. I, I don't exactly know why you would treat him with kid gloves at this point anyway if he's your you know, he's your franchise cornerstone. You expect him to show up and perform when he's ready. And apparently if he's not getting practice with the ones, then he's not ready. And so Clayton Toon it is. And I got to tell you, my expectations for Toon time are very low, Jay. Very, very low. When you get benched for a guy who has been on the team for one week, in the end of preseason cycle where you've gotten lots of reps with guys who are going to make the team, that is a bad sign. And I think the Cardinals took the opportunity to move off of Dobbs, knowing that he was only going to get this one more start. And they figured, hey, we're probably losing to the Browns, whether we start Toon or Dobbs. So we might as well just kick the tires on Toon to see if he's learned anything in the seven weeks since we decided to bench him. Uh, and uh, I think ultimately this is probably 
not big enough number. Um, if we get confirmation that Deshaun Watson is playing and it is Clayton Tune time, then, you know, with 100% certainty, then this is probably crossing 10. Uh, I think uh, if you want to use Browns and all your teasers, if you want to use Browns, uh, you know, money line parlay uh, type, of, type of leg, I don't think that's crazy because honestly, like, there are certain quarterbacks who are who benefit from being unknown quantities. I would argue that J- Jaron Hall maybe this week is one of those guys who you don't really know what you're going to get there, and he's in a good offensive system, and he's got some protection. Well, Toon is in the opposite situation. I don't realistically think they're going to be able to protect him well against a very violent pass rush. I don't think they're going to be able to create separation against a decent pass defense, and I think in general the Cardinals are lacking um, you know, the complementary piece that they desperately wanted in terms of a rushing attack uh, to make this any kind of a balanced game. So Toons are probably a sitting duck and Cardinals, if they score more than three points, I think we have to give them a rounding, a healthy round of applause against a real defense that is the Cleveland Browns on the road. The fact that this may even have a little bit of weather involved makes it that much more likely that this stays under. Um, if this is a Watson versus Toon, I would expect this closes 10 and a half. I think the total is probably correct, but could go down a hair if the weather gets worse. Uh, so that's kind of my read there. And uh, I think uh, tease away on the Browns. What's your read? Yeah, I agree. I think if you just think about it from the perspective of is the line more likely to close 10 or 7, to me it's much more likely to close 10 given that uh, it seems like there is more scope for the Sean Watson to play than Kyler Murray to play. And regardless, if it is PJ Walker v. Clayton Toon, uh, then I would like the Browns. My only concern is that PJ Walker is terrible. Yes. He's absolutely terrible. There is nothing <laughs> yes. there. He is the worst, the worst quarterback in the league, I think by margin, by PFF grade. Uh all he needed to do was throw a pass incomplete at the end of the game against Seattle, and they very likely win that, uh, or at worst go to overtime, I would think, and instead uh, throws it off at Jamal Adams's helmet. Uh, so that would be the only refrain. But at the same time, I don't think PJ Walker's PJ Walkerness is going to be given a chance to manifest as much in this game. I think it'll be just a lot of running the ball and then winning the game with their defense. This might be the last chance. People have to get Miles Garrett at plus 200, Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> TJ Watt does. Uh, we're recording before Steelers-Titans. But uh, with Parsons going up against the Eagles offensive line and Garrett going up against Clayton Toon, uh, I like Garrett uh, in that in that matchup. I'll be honest. I really, really, really hope that the Browns start Watson because I – have got to know what is going on with his form right now before we get to the Bengals game next week. Like this is, we we need data. We need it. Like, I I don't want to be speculating, guessing, trying to, you know, pinpoint, uh, I guess they're playing the Ravens. Right. Right. Who uh, Browns Browns Bengals is coming up and that's going to be hugely consequential for both those teams trying to make the playoffs. I need data on Watson before we get there. If you were to build out uh, a probability distribution here, what are the chances that Watson comes back and he looks like the best version we saw of him this year versus the chances that he is just never right and continues to call his own number uh, for the bench the rest of the season with this injury. I would say that the most likely outcome, if he plays, I would say it's a big favorite that he looks better than he did against the Colts, just because why would he rush back for a second time, particularly when you're playing Clayton Toon? So I would suspect that he probably looks like a version in between the Colts player and the guy who uh, eviscerated the Titans in the best game that he's played in a Browns uniform, which, by the way, was the last game that he's played healthy. So the last time we saw Deshaun Watson healthy, he looked amazing. So that is something uh, of note. Uh, I feel positive on the Browns, but so I would expect that 
that is the most likely outcome. I would say the next most likely outcome is that he is just fine. And I would say the least likely outcome is that he looks like the same guy he did against the Colts, just because I see no reason at all to rush him back. Like, why why would they do that in a game? If there was ever a game where you can give a guy an extra week, it's this one. Very fair. All right, before we move on to Cowboys-Eagles, there is one final showdown out west to determine this year's NASCAR champion, Drew. Find out if Will Byron, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, or Kyle Larson take the crown Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on NBC and Peacock. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. All right. There's a few big ones this week, probably four to be fair. This is one of them. Cowboys at Eagles, Eagles three-point favorites, which is a little surprising to me. And the total uh, is ticked up now to 47. Uh, what is your read on this game? Yeah, so I feel like I feel like I'm taking crazy pills that this has moved off of three. Um, I'm surprised that all of the market makers and everybody with an opinion here is comfortable saying that the Eagles are clearly the better team, especially in light of the fact that we've seen Jalen Hurts finish now several games limping uh, and with uh, kind of noticeable uh, reduced uh, mobility and athleticism. Uh, if he is not a dynamic force on the ground to complement the passing game here for the Eagles, then it is very clear, in my opinion, that the most obvious advantage is Cowboys defense versus Eagles offense. I think it's an advantage anyway, because I fancy Dan Quinn uh, having exactly the right tools in his toolbox to really frustrate the Eagles in this game. The Eagles are kind of, they do this bimodal thing where they want to just operate in the very short or the very deep. And that kind of, they don't really have anything in their playbook. They don't really have any guys that can really make you hurt in the middle and in the intermediate space, which is really where the Cowboys are the weakest. And so I don't think Eagles fit hand in glove in terms of what they do best with what the Cowboys, uh, you know, do tend to give up uh, on, on defense. And so I think the fact that the Eagles are at a disadvantage here offensively is hugely impactful to the ultimate outcome of this game. I would put Eagles team total under as one of my more confident team total looks of the week. Uh, And I think the Cowboys can either generate a lead, play from ahead and do sort of the bully ball type of stuff we've seen them do when they've been clearly the better team on a given day a lot this season. Uh, and I think if the Eagles, if this is a score and answer type of game or a field position type of game, I'm fine having the Cowboys plus three Cowboys money line here, hoping that uh, you still get an opportunity with the, 
you know, the ball last and, uh, and, and better special teams this year than you had last year. So uh, I don't make much of Dak's inability to really rise to the occasion against the elite teams in the NFL. I think that overall uh, the Cowboys offense and you know, particularly CeeDee Lamb have pretty outstanding matchups in this one. Um, and so I might be talking myself into what I already wanted to bet, but uh, you know, just to boil it down to the very, very, very basics. One and a half points of home field advantage here in division for the Eagles. And I would say that there is very, very, very tough sell to convince me that the Eagles are one and a half points better than the Cowboys on a neutral. Yep. No, I agree. And the, the thing with Dak and the idea that Dak doesn't perform in big games, he just doesn't perform against the San Francisco 49ers. That's it. Outside <laughs> of that, fine. Uh, and people forget that, yeah, before he didn't play very well in the playoff game against San Francisco, the week before that, he ended Tom Brady's career playing incredibly against the Bucs. Dak has been fantastic his past two times out against the Chargers uh, and the Rams. The best I've ever seen Dak Prescott play and the best I've ever seen this Cowboys offense was against the Eagles towards the end of the season last year when Jalen Hurts was out. And Dak Prescott, I want to say at one point he completed like 20 passes in a row and was just completely unstoppable. Now, to be fair, that streak was disrupted by, I think, a pick six uh, to Josh Sweat, if I recall. Uh, so that's kind of the Dak experience. But... The Eagles had no answer for C.D. Lamb that day. The Cowboys moved him all around the formation. He's running deep out of the slot. They just couldn't contain him. And I think the the strangest thing about the Cowboys is they can't run the ball at all, which I don't understand because they have a really good offensive line and Pollard is uh, – maybe Pollard's just not right. But in any case, I think that is not as big of a disadvantage against the Eagles because I think that they just need to be throwing anyway. And that's how you beat the Eagles, the suspect secondary – uh currently so i agree i like the cowboys my concern would be that i think the cowboys offense without trayvon diggs is hugely dependent on micah parsons uh and demarcus lawrence getting home and if they don't get home then the back end of the defense gets exposed a little bit so i'm a bit concerned about uh aj brown and Devonte smith uh making big plays but at the same time i agree with your point about the Eagles not really being an intermediate type of team outside of Dallas got it. So, uh, yeah. And the big thing is that Jalen Hurts is limping through the line every time. Yeah, right. That's the biggest thing of all. So, I agree. Uh, I'm going to try and will this into existence. I have a lot of Cowboys <laughs> equity uh, at prices that are basically now poison. Uh, and I no, no way. I will flip into, into the very good with a win here in Philadelphia. Yeah, Cowboys are getting the one CJ. We don't have to worry about it. Okay. No, no. From your the people mouth. aren't there yet. They're late to the party. That's okay. We're early. We're, it's early, Jay. From your mouth to God's ears, Drew Dinsick. Uh, let's get these beautiful cowboys home uh, and uh, hopefully they win and cover. All right. Before we get to Bill's Bengals, two of the NFL's best quarterbacks face off this week on Sunday night. It is Bill's Bengals. Don't miss Josh Allen and the Bills facing off against Joe Burrow. And the Bengals in Cincinnati coverage of the AFC clash begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. All right, the Bengals, this Bengals minus three thing disappeared, which I didn't understand at all. Uh, it's now Bengals minus one and a half, which I think is a much more uh, closer to rational line that makes sense to me. The total is 49 and a half. Do you think the right team is favored here, Drew? I think it's pretty darn close, but give me the homies here. I know that uh, it's 
a little bit uh, potentially you're buying high on an offense that just was amazing against the Niners and Burrow might not have another performance like that, you know, right away. It may take him, you know, a couple couple weeks to really get back to the guy we expect to see week in, week out. But my specific opinion is I'm throwing all of the data we've got to this point in the season out for the Bengals and I'm just using their preseason prior on offense because I think that realistically the Burrow injury is behind him and you're now getting kind of a more complete look at who they want to be uh, and how they can best attack you. And I really like the way that fits against this Bills defense that's depleted here. So um, it's going to be a little bit game state dependent. I completely acknowledge that. But I think the Bengals have a realistic chance to put, you know, pretty compelling drives together early in this game, put a little bit of scoreboard pressure on the Bills. Uh, and then in the second half, once Big Lou's gotten a chance to see what the Bills are bringing to the table offensively, I would expect some Bengals second half adjustments on defense. And I think the Bengals can bully ball the Bills a little bit in the running game and uh, shorten this game in the second half here. So I would expect a, a little bit uh, like a first half over, second half under type of game state. Uh, and I think that uh, plays itself into the hands of the home team Bengals, who, um, you know, should have a pretty complete offensive performance to get considering the weaknesses uh, on the Bills defense as currently constituted. Um, my favorite matchup is probably who's defending Jamar Chase in this game exactly are you gonna my boy Russell Douglas you're gonna get you're gonna get Russell Douglas sure. that assignment five Michael minutes after he gets to Buffalo well, that's a tough call him, man right? that's a tough call well uh, I I just uh I'm I'm this this has lots of earmarks of Bengals get to 31 points and they can tighten down on the bills in the second half. Jamar Chase scores three touchdowns. Everybody's like, oh yeah, Burrow's fine. Um, but I'm excited for this game because it does have a lot of implications, a lot of um, you know, I mean, you know, this is this is not a uh, loser goes home match for either of these teams by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think the loser is going to have an extremely uh, low likelihood of winning their division and having home games. And if you want to say loser goes home in the sense that loser's not going to be able to win three road games in the playoffs in the AFC, I'm fine with that. So this is like, uh, you know, a, a one spot removed effectively from an elimination game, in my opinion. Uh, and that means, you know, those stakes being that high are so exciting. So very, very happy that we get this game on NBC on Sunday night. And, uh, you know, I'll watch every minute of it in the hopes that uh, the Bengals can come through. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I get the case for the Bills. Uh, is there anything you think I'm missing? I'd say two things. One, the idea that Burrow is back and fully healthy and this Bengals offense is just the wagon again. I agree with that, but I think that was true three weeks ago because I think Burrow was. I think Burrow got right in the Arizona game where he was, you know, statistically fantastic and Chase has what like 190 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, I think, and he was running in that game too. So I think he was physically right back then. If you look at his numbers in terms of uh, his ability to evade pressure, it all started to tick up from that Arizona game. So I think he's been right for a while now, which leads me to my concern is that I think Burrow was right for the Seattle game and they weren't very good in the Seattle game. They really should have lost to the, at home to the Seahawks in a game they absolutely had to win. So I think the idea that, Burrow is Superman and he's back. I think he's healthy, but I think he's already been healthy. And I think that they showed that because, you know, the Bengals offense is outstanding, but they've never been a completely dominant regular season game. They do have these weird troughs. They're usually to start the season, to be fair. So I would say that 
I think the Bills offense is just as good as the Bengals offense, if not slightly better potentially, because I think they have a better line. And um, I mean, neither team is has ever really been great at, at running the ball. And in terms of the weapons, I mean, slight advantage Cincinnati in terms of the quarterbacks. I mean, they're pretty much a wash Allen and Burrow. I'd probably take Allen. We'll see what his health is like. But my second question to you, and this is my other concern about the Bengals is, Who's the second best defensive player on the Bengals outside of Trey Hendrickson? Logan Wilson. Clearly. Logan Wilson. Okay. Yeah. Sam Hubbard. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't think this is a great defense. And I think it's a little bit of a concern that, I mean, so Purdy throws the two interceptions uh, against the Bengals. One is a bizarre play where he rolls out and it seems like he's got a guy for a touchdown. He's throws it straight to the Bengals player uh, and it really should have been a pick six. Now, outside of those two plays, those two moments of madness, Purdy was fantastic and Purdy moved the ball against the Bengals very effectively. Uh, the Seahawks, I thought, moved the ball enough to win the game against the Bengals. I, just, I don't think this is a great defense. Now, I don't think Buffalo have a great defense either, but I do think having Russell Douglas will help just because previously it was like, all right, it's Benford and Jackson – now, if it's Douglas, Benford, and Jackson, now at least you have options. Uh, it's still Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer looks better in the secondary. Linebacking core in the D-line isn't what it was, but I don't think they're like glaring, glaring weaknesses. Buffalo also have a rest advantage too, so all of that makes me makes me lean Bills. And I just think that we've gone from the Bills being six-point favorites in a playoff game to now being two-point dogs to the Bengals. I just think it's too... And obviously, a lot has changed, but I think... To, that is too big of an adjustment. Yeah, I think thinking back to that cycle, market cycle, the Bills got surcharged week of because people were expecting snow and thought that favored the Bills. But in reality, the Bengals came in with just a physical, we're going to push you off the line, we're going to win in the trenches game plan, and it worked perf perfectly for them. Um, and I think ultimately you know, fair price in terms of the gap between those teams at that time was probably closer to mm, three, three and a half and got, you know, maybe you want to surcharge it to four and a half with home field for the bills. That's fine. Um, and since then, I do think you have to meaningfully downgrade the bills defense because of the losses and the injuries. Um, and actually like even before the injuries to the bills, if you kind of peel away the six turnovers they got against Sam Howell, the defense hasn't been especially good this year. And I think there is just in general a little bit of a, a rocky transition here to Sean McDermott calling the defense and just in general age and regression for some of the uh, safety players who we thought were going to potentially elevate that unit and are just kind of at the edge of their, you know, aging curve is kind of coming down on them. Uh, and all of that to me uh, spells trouble for uh, a Bills defense that I think can be had to the tune of 31 points. So it's I, I get your, your points and I guess I'll ask you, the Josh Allen injury is a nothing burger? Uh, it's a semi-nothing burger. I'm pretty sure that he's going to play. It seems like the market expects that he's going to play. I think the good thing there is that he he did the injury against the Bucks, went into the medical tent, and then came out and looked exactly like Josh Allen. And now he's had 10 days as well of rest. So I think that he will be fine. It's a little bit of a concern. I think it's more of a... If he re-aggravates it in the game, it's a concern, as opposed to I think he's going to come out and look like the Sean yeah. Watson uh, against the Colts. I will say with the Bills' defense, like as kind of underwhelming as it's been and all the injuries they've had, and they've had these injuries for a while now, they're still sixth 
in EPA per play on defense, and the Bengals are 17th. So I think the Bills, they got really unlucky on third downs against the Jags with those conversions. I don't know. The underlying stuff on Buffalo, I think, is pretty positive. Uh, but something does definitely feel off about the Bills. Like, why are you uh, a Hail Mary that really should have been caught away from <laughs> blowing a game against the Bucks where the money line yeah. got turned off? Why are you a Tyrod Taylor pass away from losing to the Giants? I get it. But that, they've just played in these weird games where, like, how do you let Mac Jones beat you? From from behind, that's that's the real red flag. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't particularly yeah. good, but yeah. yeah, I don't know. I still uh, I still believe uh, in Allen and the Bills. Final question for you, then. It's a uh, it's a tie game, or you know, uh, Bills are Bills are down by a field goal late in the game. Josh Allen drops back. He's got eons of time to throw. There's no pressure. He chucks it downfield. Are you 50-50? in that moment that he's throwing a pick or are you feeling pretty confident that this is a big play for the bills? Well, that's the beauty of Josh Allen is, uh, you never entirely know. <laughs> the thing is, is you never entirely know about, uh, any of these quarterbacks outside of Mahomes. But I do think that I have faith in Allen. I think Allen is the second best quarterback, uh, in the league behind Mahomes. that I've been slightly in front of Burrow and Lamar. Uh, so I just, I hope that his shoulder is okay. Uh, and he can deliver. I do think the bills, they've, found something and then they lucked into it because Dawson Knox has had to go to IR but playing more 11 personnel getting more Shakir playing more Kincaid in space I think this offense is just devastating having also using Gabe Davis in a way where it's not just boom or bust down the field he's actually getting more uh shorter intermediate stuff now having Davis Diggs Kincaid James Cook has looked really good uh, and having Shakir gives them another element. I do think this projects as a top two, three offense the rest of the way. And I have a bit more faith in them than Cincinnati. In concept, I totally agree with that. I think they needed to come back to this type of uh, style to be their best. And I think it will ultimately bear more fruit for them. Uh, but I also am still racking my head as to how they didn't score 30 five points against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like those drives in the second half, it was just like pulling teeth. Like where was the aggressiveness? Like hit, land the haymaker, knock these guys out. And they just let them hang around it. It was weird. Uh, I will also concede a point. The second best player on the Bengals defense is that's a good, it's a good point. Like Logan Wilson's not that good. And he is the second best in my opinion. That's a problem. Uh, but you got big Lou. Uh, and I think uh, there are some things you can do scheming-wise that uh, could could bring out the worst in Josh Allen. Uh, he's done it to better quarterbacks, um, so we'll see. I will say that with that Bengals-Bills playoff line, which I think close six, five and a half, I do think that was just a weird bad line where if they played again the next week, it would have adjusted to, like, to your point, to like three and a half or four. And I think a lot of that was the Bengals' offensive line was just so decimated at that point, and everyone thought that it just made them completely unviable. But the thing is, and it's weird because no one really raised this at the time, but in retrospect, it seemed glaringly obvious that the snow completely negated Cincinnati's offensive line issues because the Buffalo pass rushers couldn't get a grip on their feet as they were pushing off to try and beat their um, to beat their opposition. So that was a weird thing. And to be fair. That all the Bengals' offensive line issues reared their head the next week against the Chiefs when Burrow got like sacked five times in the first half. So I don't know. That was a weird sequence of, of games and lines and with the injury stuff and then with Mahomes with his ankle and Hamlin stuff, all of it. Yeah. yeah. It was it was weird. And anyway, we will uh 
It, this is like this is a referendum on Buffalo's season because if they lose this game, like they're done pretty much in terms of getting a one seed in the AFC. They may be just done for the division if they lose and the Dolphins beat the Chiefs. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're trying to win three road games. And I agree. I don't think they're particularly well coached. Never see Buffalo as a very well coached team. I do think Cincinnati have an edge there. But uh, anyway, big game on Sunday Night Football. Uh, looking <laughs> forward to it. All right. We'll close out with our best bets. A reminder Saturday, November 4th at 11 a.m. Eastern. Vaughn Dalzell, Brad Thomas, and Eric Froton are answering your college football betting questions for week 10, including the Pac 12 showdown. Uh, we discussed uh, that is between Heisman favorite Michael Penix and Washington against last year's Heisman winner Caleb Williams of USC. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Best bets for week nine. We can be quick here because we've discussed the games, but I am taking the Bills money line, uh, particularly if it is tethered to the price of two, two and a half. Uh, we discussed why. So I, uh, I believe in you, Josh Allen. Josh Allen makes a surge back up into MVP consideration uh, and he takes down those nasty Bengals. Uh, what's your best bet? I think this should be a coin flip. I'll take the plus money money line on the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we're like moths to a flame, Jay. We can't stay away from the high leverage games here, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, I'm I, I'm taking Saints minus eight. <laughs> no. The most simply I can boil this down, the market is rating the Dallas defense as 12th. They're top five. The market is rating the Eagles defense as top 10. They're, they're middle of the pack. And I think both offenses kind of are outside of the clearly outside of the top six right now and uh, probably can't crack the top six this year unless Hertz gets miraculously very healthy. Uh, so, you know, this is just a matter of counting on the best unit on the field, which I believe to be the Dallas defense being the deciding factor. Uh, and uh, again, plus money in a coin flip. I'll take Dallas. Okay, I agree with you, and uh, and I hope to God you're right, Drew Dinsick. Right. <laughs> All right, don't forget to check out NBCSports.com for more information to help you with your wages. Thanks for those watching. On the NBC Sports YouTube channel, if you're listening to us in podcast form, please rate and subscribe. And a reminder that you can find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports from Jay Croucher and Drew Dinsick. Good luck, everyone, this weekend. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. 
Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley, in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.